Hello, and welcome to the 64th episode of the Simp to Pimp podcast. I am your host, Max, and with me is a special guest. Please introduce yourself. Hello, everyone. My name is Emma. Um, I am an adult. Um, trying not to give too much away because I know um, I'm not trying to get fired. But yeah, happy to be here. It's my first time on the podcast. So hopefully I don't yeah. get canceled or something. Yeah, well, welcome. You know, this is a part of the chaos we're living in now. We have jobs and stuff. It can't be, you can never be too careful. That's mm-hmm. just how, uh, you know, this is how it is growing up right now in this internet phase of the world. Uh, how about we talk about how we met? Okay. Do you remember how um, I met? Honestly, I don't even really know how we met. <laughs> okay. That's interesting. That's cool. Oh, sorry, was, um, hurt your feelings. You hurt my feelings, but you know what? I'm strong. I'm a guy, so I, I don't have feelings. So it's all good. Okay. Um, you were, it was summer, B. You just went to the bar that was close to us close to university the study bar and grill five-star hotel and resort yeah literally the cream of the crop best place to ever be um over at you know university and you were with your friend and then i was with my friend and um you i actually was talking to your friend first and then my friend was talking to you first because you said, I think you had a um, boyfriend at the time. Mm. Do you remember this at all? No, I don't remember a lot of Summer B. Oh, well, that's, that's a good I, I did have a boyfriend briefly at the beginning, long mm-hmm. distance. And you know how that turns out going to two different colleges. Yeah. And, but for like two weeks, honestly, I think I was uh, trying to be good, but it didn't really work out. Yeah, that's the that's the uh, story as it goes. Yeah, I just remember always like seeing you and like I wasn't sure if you were a real person because I would see you online and it was kind of like you were this entity and I would see you when I was hammered and like, you know, when you see someone when you're drunk, you're like, did I see them? Like, or was, was that just... a ghost or something? Like, yeah. Yeah, it's that was unfortunate. That was kind of my phase in college because I was uh, not going out ever unless it was like unless I had like a free day, and I only had like free days not very often when I'm doing uh, engineering. Mm-hmm. And um, so I would like invite you to uh, events and stuff, but I would end up not even going most of the time because that was just like it was just not part of the plans that I had. Why? I just like, I would think that I was going to be able to make something and then an assignment would be due at like midnight and it would be like really serious. Is that your uh, phone? Yes, I'm sorry. I don't know why it's making noise. Please. Peter. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It's all right. Okay, I put my phone on. Do not disturb. Cool. Okay, sorry. Anyways, the whole point of this whole thing is that like, I guess seeing you when you're drunk, you're like very honest a lot of the time and you could be really honest. And I guess that was like the only part of you that I did see. 
So at one time, I think it was a Saturday. It was actually when I did my first podcast on my friend's, uh, it was my friend's podcast. It was my mm-hmm. first featured podcast. And okay. we went out afterwards and we saw you at, uh, I think, Taco Dirty. Is that what it was? Mm-hmm. And you were with all your friends. I think you had like five friends with you or something. Yeah, me and my minions. You and your minions. And you got, and you were saying, I think at that time you were saying something. You, you were like, oh, you know, you're really, you're just in a depressed state. You're like, oh, you know, when the world ends or like when you die, there's like nothing and it's all black and everything sucks and all this crazy. You were like just saying all these things that I've totally like, you know. At Taco Dirty at like 7 p.m. Like why yeah. was I doing that? like literally in the middle of the restaurant and I was like oh my god this is like you need to like so I just kind of uh like I've felt that before and so I just kind of tried to give you another perspective and try to tell you like you know that you know you don't actually know that nobody actually knows that and it's all right like you know to think that but don't let that don't let like depression and just all this crazy stuff make you feel terrible all the time and definitely realized that over the past couple years it's like so many people live their lives in like autopilot you know like focus fixated on the past or worried about the future and I'm still extremely guilty of this but it's like when it's all said and done like are you going to be able to say that you lived like in the present so Absolutely. And it's like, it goes to giving good energy. If you give good energy out to people and like make them feel happy and, and, you know, you can, you can start feeling better too yourself. And Mm -hmm. that'll totally just like make you like a higher status person, almost like a uh, fictional character to an extent where you're just like, you know, people don't even believe you're real. Yeah, that's interesting. I've honestly like heard of the whole philosophy where you kind of like you're you're the main character in your own movie, basically your life. Yeah, that is. And, a full movie. Yeah. I mean, you have to be your own hero, and like no one's gonna save you. And I feel like, I mean, especially with women, I feel like they we see in movies and music and stuff like you know, a guy has to come save you or whatever, and it just like makes people codependent and unable to live their own lives. Yeah. And it's sad, like, that's obviously not the case 100% of the time, but um, the development of, you wanted to have some sort of codependency for, like, a family setting, Mm -hmm. but also it's kind of cool to, like, see that if you can, like, live on your own and do all the things, like, that make you a productive part of society, you know? Mm -hmm. I understand you're now living alone. Uh, You got a big job and everything. And now you've got past college, all this crazy stuff. Yeah. And I still feel like a baby. Like I literally have a 401k and my own place. And I still feel like a child sort of. Oh my God. It's crazy. Because now we have, it's weird because we have more freedom than ever right now. Like Mm -hmm. when you have that job. And you're not like tied down to anything. You can kind of literally do whatever you want, especially like the more money you make now as an independent woman, you know, mm-hmm. as an independent woman. Yep. That's right. But I mean, 
living alone and all this stuff, I mean, I just remembered the day when I like glorified this moment that I'm living right now. And I was like, once I get this, like, I will be satisfied. And I mean, sometimes I have moments where I'm just like sitting alone and I'm like, so happy. I'm like, wow, like, you know, I've kind of done this myself, but there's like a fine line between like not appreciating what you have and wanting more. But I feel like that's how you stay motivated is, you know, you create new goals, but you have to bask in the sense of achievement every once in a while. Wow. Ex- very well said. I love how you said that. The uh, basking, you do need to kind of appreciate. That's part of like, you know, appreciating the moment. Like mm-hmm. you came so far, but like, you know, we're not stopping. We have so yeah. much more to do. But the thing is, like, you have to choose to be happy or like choose to do that. And I mean, I understand there's, you know, mental disorders that are caused by, you know, chemical imbalances in the brain, but like living an everyday life, like, you know, you can view two situations like complete or the same situation two completely different ways. And I don't know, I think that's what makes everything tricky, but it's also pretty cool. That yeah, it's like that. exactly. That it goes to this theory. Actually, one of my guests last, my last guest, one of them was a, a twin identical twins and you Mm -hmm. can see like if you have an identical twin this is like where you can pretty much determine this nature versus nurture thing where if you are like a if you see the world as like you know just collapsing in front of you and everything is chaotic and everybody doesn't care everyone's stabbing you in the back every chance they get you're going to kind of get some of that you're going to see it and then you're going to start projecting it on other people and you're going to be part of that problem whereas you can also see hope or like you know another kind of lighter light and it'll help you uh be kind of this you know hero instead of the villain type of type of scenario thing yeah i think just remaining cool and not taking everything so personally is like that because that's when you know things get messy when people are just never taking responsibility for their shit and are being like why does this happen to me this always happens to me and it's like i mean you pick your own situations as shitty as it is like you know you have to take it things get life gets a lot easier when you take responsibility for bad things that happen to you that is like it's kind of a paradox because it sounds like that would be not easy but it's mm-hmm. literally the it it gives you such a new perspective it's so that's so true what you're saying emma right now it's like it's very important for people to realize like hey if you just confront these demons or these you know this life that you want to live like you're giving yourself all these excuses and you're just saying all these excuses are from other people and not like anything that you can kind of manifest and you can kind of figure out yourself mm-hmm. you're not going to you know get to that level that you want to get to that next step or the step after that you yeah. know you, you got to see where the path leads mm-hmm. and you know it's okay to not exactly know where the path ends but you know I think yeah. if you keep making good steps in the right direction uh, you'll find your goals and your dreams at the end of it Yeah, I think people just need to realize that like there's a difference between taking responsibility and saying that you caused the issue because I mean, things happen like, you know, someone could get hit by a car tomorrow in your family or whatever.
it's not necessarily your responsibility that you you didn't cause that problem. But when you take that burden and like, you know, heal properly and not, you know, bury it, that's when you have weird behavior, you know what I mean? And you don't treat people as well because you feel shitty about yourself and haven't come to terms with things. Oh my God. Just turn it off. You got to take responsibility for this. Okay, you're right. I'll turn it off. Off. I'm just, okay, thank you. But no. so you live alone. So Yeah, I live alone too. We have the same, uh, what were you going to say? Um, living situation, but we were talking off the record briefly about, like, I guess, getting comfortable living alone, things you don't realize before you decide to move in alone, like. Oh my God, yeah. There's uh, a lot of surprises. You find out things about yourself, for sure, that I uh, wish I didn't know. <laughs> and then, you know, there was, there's definitely, you know, things I'm proud of. I'm certainly proud to see that I haven't burned down my apartment yet. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm very proud about that but like you know there's just I look around and I'm like wow this is this is my personality this is like totally I created this entire thing it's like literally what you're saying about life but it's projected into like a apartment setting yeah it's like you can take something that's not tangible like your personality and like reflect it into like your own living space like it's completely you I mean, if I thank God there's not a video camera posted up in my apartment because I would literally be Baker acted because living alone <laughs> has made me so weird. Like, yeah, you got to get though. really comfortable with yourself. You do. Yeah. You have to like learn to like relish like you don't have someone constantly to lean on. Like if you're feeling lonely or depressed, like, but I didn't even realize like I was just like, oh, I'm moving by myself, like didn't want to have any roommates. And then I'm sitting here on my couch, like actually alone when I've only lived with my family or friends. Yeah. That was a huge adjustment. But I mean, it happened relatively quick, but I feel like everyone needs to do it if they financially can, because it just makes you, I guess, more sure you don't question yourself as much. Definitely. That feeling of loneliness for me, it was it took a while to get over I don't know how you said it didn't take it that long but um it is like I don't know how what percent of the population do you think has ever lived alone mm, United States probably 35 35 percent you think mm -hmm. you think there's a stat on that I don't even know like it definitely seems like there's not that many people who've ever lived alone. And uh, I would say if you want to look introspectively and like, you know, kind of find out who you really are and be able to look yourself in the mirror every day and, you know, just see, like, just be on the grind. Uh, you got to live alone. Yeah. Um, I think so as well. Uh, I, my transition period, honestly, like, I'm like always like, oh, I love living alone now. But there are moments I am like, dang, like, I wish I had someone here. Like, especially when, you know, life throws random things at you. It's oh. nice. Like, I just need, like, it's so much easier. It's harder to say no to people to their face. 
Like when you, if I want to go out or if my friend wants me to go out and I'm living with them, it is so much easier to go out and say, yeah, I can, uh, mm-hmm. I can go out. I can make time for this. And it's like, you know, half the Uber price every time. It's not like, it's not as bad. Yeah, uh, I agree. Alone. Yeah. But I mean, you're living alone. You have the choice to do, to make the decisions you want to make. Like you figure out what you actually like to do. It's like, you're sitting on your couch. You don't have your roommate or someone to be like, yeah, let's go do this. Or you guys, you know, come up with an idea together. It's like, you kind of have to relearn yourself because people just distract you. You know, it's not a bad thing, but it's like, whenever you're, you know, hanging out with someone, like you're concerned about like what they're saying and like, you know, focus on them. But when you're alone, like actually alone, like in your bed at like 1am, like staring at the ceiling, you're like, shit, you know, but I mean, you spend 80% of your life in your head, like might as well make a good place to be. 100%. So that's, uh, you know, definitely one thing that people kind of gloss over, don't really talk about. I definitely don't think people talk about that. Also, how is, how is, you know, having a, your first big job, like, you know, be able to, being able to afford this, you got to grind away, like, you know, 40 hours of the week to, uh, to like, you know, sustain something like this. And for me, when I had my first job, actually this job too, the last two jobs, I was so un, like unaware of the office politics that go on, how toxic people are willing to be and just how, uh, you know, how much people are willing to like, you know, try to get in your head and you have to deal. It's like, it's almost like high school. Cause you got to deal with them every day for five days a week mm-hmm. and you see them every day. There's no getting around them. Yeah. Or it's really hard to like very... promote like a healthy, like social circle within a workplace because like, I understand some people are passionate about their jobs, but honestly, especially at our age, like we're really not like, you know, we're still just trying to get that bread, trying to get that money. And like, it's, you don't really have that common sense of belongingness. Like if you were working at a startup and you guys were super passionate about this product, like I feel like the work environment would be better, but when you're working with a bunch of people and you're basically competing essentially like you know you have the same employer paying you guys different amounts like you know you're always trying to move up and I mean I haven't really seen anything because like most of the time I work remotely and then I travel for work so yeah my scope of meeting people in person is strange but honestly there will be some drama over Microsoft Teams there is oh my god really I mean just like snarky comments and whatever but I mean I'm the type of person that gets annoyed, like whenever I'm depending on someone to get something done so I can get something done and like, you know, deliver it and finish it. And I mean, obviously that's going to cause problems, but it's just strange, like throwing a bunch of people in a work environment and that has completely different work ethics. And yeah, it's something I've learned. That is so interesting. I feel like it only gets maximized when you start going like on site and everything. It only gets worse, but like, it is crazy to just see even that, like on Microsoft Teams, on like you know just little snarky t- comments. I actually yeah. blew up on uh, Microsoft Teams one time. <laughs> this one guy, uh, I mean, it didn't start on Microsoft Teams. He just he went on. Oh, I I, I can't talk about it because I'm still working for this company. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
when you rage on Microsoft Teams, you got to do it sometimes, you know, get it out. But yeah, it's weird because like I was working remote and then I met all these people like in person. And then I started noticing like the snarkiness. It's like you have to meet them and meet the people in person to have some idea, even though if my perception of them was completely wrong. because I spent like, you know, four or five days with them. But True. yeah, honestly, every everyone is nice for the most part. I just realized how like how much bullshit essentially is goes along with the corporate world and like it's a crazy it's, rat it's race but people like will shit on the corporate world which i understand everybody's entitled to their own opinion but i mean for people that enjoy stability you know getting the same paycheck every single two weeks like be, having benefits and stuff that works for some people Absolutely. some of my free spirited friends are like i could never do that like all this stuff <laughs> because we never have it's not as bad it's really not as bad as people make it out to be especially like you know you see like movies like fight club where it's like oh i lost all my soul and everything because Mm -hmm. of the fucking corporate world i'm basically an npc ikea (laughs) furniture collector like shit like that it's like it's not like no you just kind of you make money it's like you pretty much you have to start up and like a in some sort of capacity with mm-hmm. the corporate world if you want to like make any sort of uh level up yeah and i mean you have the p- power to choose like how you let your work and corporate interact with your own personal life you know what i mean like and it takes Most like a lot of it. yeah you know mental barriers because you have to be like okay i'm not gonna let this email like you know keep me up at night or you know be stressed about work when it's like you know 6 a.m and I don't need to be working right now like it's just things like that but some people like just let it consume them and you know maybe it's because they're avoiding other things in their life but like I don't think it's a natural like human primal instinct to become like obsessed with work I mean if you're money motivated sure like I get that but like you know I'm not going to be stressing about work on like a Saturday night, things I have to do Monday. Like, I just don't let that happen. No, that it's sad to see that that happens a lot just because I guess people just get tied down to one certain job. They don't realize how replaceable the job is. Mm-hmm. Like you oh, don't yeah. need, you don't like, they can get you, they can get somebody to replace you in the next day, the next week, if they really need to, you just, yeah. you don't need to be stressing about this job. Like, performing everyone sees you how you are and how you're working like it's not going to be that much different I also realized how shitty people's work ethic is like how people really don't care about like getting stuff done they have to get done and I'm like aren't you scared you're gonna get fired like I feel like constantly in the back of my mind just because I have bills to pay now like I'm like if I lose my job like I'm fucked like you know what I mean there's there's no other option like I know I would never be homeless you know what I mean I have people I could go to for help but I'm saying like you know it's scary it's like you want to do a good job but some people have families and like you know don't do their shit or do a bad job 100% that's why it is that's I mean it's so scary to talk about not scary but uh going to try to be like an entrepreneur and try to like open your own business and do your own thing it's a totally like you got to do that while you're juggling like, you know, a nine to five and kind of living on your own. It's a lot of discipline. Like it shows you management, like how to be a manager because you like, 
you're going to be dealing with a lot of fucking people all the time anyways. Mm-hmm. And if you're, if you're, if you become like, you get like into this next stage or you get, you get like promoted to like a lead or something where you you have people under you, mm-hmm. you get that, you kind of get that experience uh, that you'll, that you'll be able to translate into entrepreneurship if you yeah. like wanted to kind of escape this sort of corporate world that people you know call the devil all the time i mean when people start a business they are eat sleep breathing it you know what i mean that's everything they do you know and that takes honestly a special type of person like i feel like there's only certain people that are cut out for that like you know those people that are sharks you know what i mean essentially like psychopaths a little bit you know what i mean like not caring about other people's feelings but that's how you have to be successful. Like, you know, starting your own thing. Like you have to essentially step on other people's necks. And I don't say like all of it is like super bad, but I mean, you got to risk it, like take some risky steps. Me personally, you know, I'm more of a, you know, corporate girl. I like my benefits. I like, you know, my dental and vision. It's, it's nice. safe. Me, but nice I little also safe bubble. Yeah. yeah. But who knows? I might have a mental breakdown one day and just like, you know, live out of a van or something. Damn, you're really thinking about this homeless life, aren't you? Yeah, I'm kind of intrigued. Yeah. Where would you go if you went in the van? Um, would you Alaska try to do- all the way to Argentina. Just because I just- saw some guy, a video, and he took a motorcycle trip from Alaska all the way down to the most southern tip of Argentina and camped along the way. And Yeah, camped the whole time. That's crazy. So that's actually really interesting because my family, when I was in uh, the summer between third and fourth grade, we took a 60 day RV trip and we actually camped around all, not all the United States, but we went to like Mount Rushmore, Niagara Falls, uh, Wyoming, Cody, Wyoming. We'd watch like a ranch or like a, you know, one of those bull riding things. Yeah. And Texas. And then, yeah and then we tried to drive across texas and then one of the tires just melted because it was so hot over the summer so we had to get towed and uh had to get like a whole new set of tires and some of it some of it was fun some of it was bad like yeah sounds like a fun family bonding experience something to talk about you know every once in a while yeah we learned from it but it's probably way i think that would be better if you did that one not better, but it would be a super unique experience if you did it by yourself. Yeah, I'm, I'm like that, but there's some creeps out there, honestly. And I watch too much Dateline. Like, I'm not trying to end up like Gabby Petito, like murdered in the Grand Canyon. So, oh yeah, yeah. stuff like that happens. So I haven't heard of Dateline. I'm sure, I'm sure it's like a really great show or whatever. But it's just uh, about people getting murdered or raped or you know anything violent and i'd love to watch it by myself and get freaked out so wow good for you yeah it's kind of crazy how humans like we like glorify bad things happening to other people like how crime shows and crime podcasts are so popular and it's like why like like you try to think of the psychology behind it it's like why do we enjoy hearing stories about other people's horrors yeah, it could be, you know, it could be unconscious. It could be just people actually enjoy it consciously. But, you know, there's plenty of theories. I kind of, my personal theory is, which 
you kind of get when you read some of these uh, crazy narcissistic books that people put out is that uh, we enjoy watching other people get hurt because we like we're we're better than them like we're not that stupid at least we're not you know that dumb or that like you know ridiculous oh, yeah. we like for enjoyment almost like laughing at these people who uh you know get into these terrible situations but that's just you know i don't know how true that is maybe that's like five percent of the people that watch it i think that's just very like on a subconscious level you know maybe that's why that we are grateful that you know we're sitting wrapped up in a blanket on our couch you know hearing some crazy story that's not happening to us but also I think it just distracts like, you know, from the daily anxieties that you get, it's like, okay, well, this could probably be, this could be happening to me instead, but it didn't, yeah, so. it's almost like that cope, like, Oh, if I go outside, that'll happen. But if I, you know, there's also fun things to do outside. You can, you know, bake in the sun and tan and, you know, it actually feels really good. You don't have to like, you know, go through all the crazy, uh, scenarios that you see on dateline that doesn't even happen to that many people Mm -mm. no but i mean there are psychopaths out in the world yes but not a murderer to my knowledge but not yet right yeah yeah not yet i guess (laughs) fingers crossed catch me on dateline yeah i'll see you next week so um what kind of inspired you to want to live alone you just hated everybody or you watched dateline too much or you just well this is like i guess something that we can talk about but i graduated and i was applying for jobs for like six months in tampa because that's where i was i had a lease and everything there and did not had a bunch of interviews did not get anything and then what year did you graduate uh 20 what year is it 2021 december so like six months ago yeah um yeah, I graduated then and I moved home with my parents because I did not have a job yet. And living with my parents was fine. My parents are super cool, very cool, laid back. They're also yeah. divorced. So I have that like divorced child guilt where I'm like living out of a bag going between parents' house, like wanting to see everyone equally. But uh-huh. I mean, that's my problem. So I really just wanted my own space where I could keep like you know, have my stuff, not be, you know, at different people's Split. houses and yeah, right. okay. all that stuff. And eh, my parents are very laid back, but they're also kind of invasive. We just have that relationship where we're super close and like, I wouldn't want it any other way. So no. I was just transitioning from, you know, living with my friends to, you know, living with people that have like, you know, parental supervision over you, essentially. It's not like they were helicopter parents, but it's just but it's they're back there you know because it's it was five years you had like or four years probably for you of just like you had pretty no they're not asking you what you're doing every day or or when you go out at night or anything like that yeah and it's also like a huge like confidence I mean like it would just I would I know other people aren't judging me and I do not it's so weird that I judge myself for this but because I never judge other people for living with their parents because I get it like I was in a situation and maybe we'll be in another situation where I have to live with them but like it's like I have the financial means for it like it would make me feel like a bad person if I did not if I just continued living with them even though they don't mind like I was like I need you know I need attention with myself that's good that is a very appropriate answer. 
I know one of my friends, I was applying for job. I didn't want to go back to my parents at all. Mm -hmm. Just, just the way uh, my cards were dealt. So I just kind of applied to about five jobs a day for about a week wow. or two weeks or something. And then I finally got one back. I finally heard one thing back from, uh, I think it was, oh, it was Honeywell. And I did the interview. Well, of course I was super, uh, paranoid and stuff I started listening I listened to like Alex Jones before my uh before my interview and I just did terrible at it it was like it was like one of my worst interviews I've ever done why why were you being terrible I just they would be like so what made you do engineering and I was like oh you know I I am I I just started lying like oh I'm, I'm like super interested in just you know Honeywell stuff like this is mm-hmm. my dream the entire time and uh, my parents are engineers and like, I, I'm, I'm just built for this and it's like crazy good and all this stuff. And they're like, what? Like, what yeah. do you, it was just. It was I like, did that on an interview. I absolutely bombed with Pfizer. Oh and my God. Yeah. It was an interview with them and I was doing the same thing. I'm like, I love Pfizer. Like, you know, I've had like 50 <laughs> Pfizer vaccines. Like I intercepted a whole pallet. I've been injecting myself with Pfizer vaccines every you day. <laughs> No, I didn't say that, but I, I was bombing it though. Like, yeah, yeah, I was really fucking it. And yeah, they were not about. And after that, I was like, yeah, I definitely, because I was playing for jobs for like six months, but the whole interview process is just strange. And especially COVID has put some of it online. So it's like, I'm wearing a dress shirt and no pants. It's just like very, <laughs> the whole thing about it is fake. You have to be professional, but like people are not being professional. It's just, yeah. It's hard genuine connection with someone who's interviewing you doesn't make sense especially if you have to do it online like mm-hmm. in person it seems like you can be a little bit more personable yes and they can see who you are but you know if you're like interviewing online like it's hard to get into that mood where it's like oh yeah work 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 I can get that done and I'm a cool person so you should totally hire me mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like I didn't even know that's what they were looking for at first apparently for engineering, it's two uh, interviews. The first one is to see, like, personality-wise, will you be able to gel with the people that we already have? Because we can train you or whatever and all this other stuff. And then what is your capacity? And then the second interview is usually what is your capacity? Uh, like, what are the skills you already know? And so I had no idea that was, the, that was like, how you do things in an interview process or just like to get into another company. Now that I know that I'm like, I did, I've been doing pretty well on interviews. So like since then. It's like the only thing is trial and error. Like you just have to practice. And I mean, honestly, just doing interviews and bombing them has like, you know, improved, I guess, just my communication skills in general. It's like, you can't be scared. You just have to be honest and Like, I feel like I used to be so nervous communicating with people like, you know, of authority or whatever, but it's just, you kind of have to throw yourself into it and you will be fine and realize everyone is scared deep down and has their own issues and people are fucked. Yeah, 100%. It's, uh, if you're scared or what was I going to say? Oh my gosh. If you want like 
to really learn something really fast, you have to do trial by fire. If you like, you're just going to suck right at the beginning. This is, mm-hmm. this goes with like anything like sports, uh, yeah, working out, anything working out, you're just going to suck. You're going to mess something up. And then once you like really start messing something up, then you'll know, Oh, I've been doing this wrong for a long time. Here's a new perspective on how to do this. And you, you can like level up really fast that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People just get like, you know, get that block. Like they just feel so shitty about like doing bad at first. And it's like, that's okay. It's okay to like change your philosophy on things to change your mind. Like people are always like, well, you said this, or you did this. And it's like, okay, well, I changed my opinion. You're allowed to do that. You're allowed to apologize and say you did something wrong. And I just feel like society now and the whole like cancel culture bullshit, like it's like, we're taking that away. Like from people, it's like being able to say, I fucked up. Like, I'm sorry. Like exactly more and more fear. It's that like, people are scared to evolve now almost just because of the fear that's Mm -hmm. associated with it. And that fear, like it could be coming from social media. It could be coming just from judge judgment of like, you know, other people when you gotta, you know, you can judge yourself too. You, you lived your life like, like entirely, you know, Mm -hmm. everything about your life, or at least, you know, experienced everything about your life. So yeah. you, know, you can be, you should be able to judge yourself too. And it should weigh a little bit more than any, anyone else's opinion. Yeah. I read in this book actually, and that honestly, what kind of was a pivotal point for me, like confidently communicating with, you know, people within work or just in general, like is whenever you meet someone or go up to, to talk to someone, they don't know how you're feeling. They don't know all these like previous things about you that you have some idea about yourself like they don't know that like they only see what's on the surface and I mean first impressions yeah they matter but I mean just like communicating with people that you communicate on a daily basis is like you know they don't have the insight you do and we assume that other people do and they are just like you know x-ray visioning through us yeah that that fear is uh, pretty crazy what's the name of that book that you read um it's called the purpose of your life and I got it from Salvation Army. From who wrote it? I'm not really sure. I totally forgot. I'm looking at it right now. I can get up and check. But if you want me to. Yeah, you should go check it and tell me. All right. BRB. Also, when did you read it? I read this book twice, actually. I read it last year and I read it... Um, I'm actually like three-fourths away through it right now. Again, who's a spy? That's amazing. Carol um, Adrian, And she signed this copy from Salvation Army. So. Oh, that's cool as fuck. Carol Adrian with one uh, C-A-R-O-L, Adrian. It's, yeah, C-A-R-O-L and then Adrian, A-D-R-I-E-N-N-E. Yeah, but it's a good little book. I got it from Salvation Army. Honestly, it's just like decor because I was trying to like post some stuff up on it. And I picked some like just cool books and I actually ended up reading it. And I think that was like such a change. Like reading this like changed my whole outlook on life. Like I would meet people, like see my friends after a while. And they're like, you're different. Like really because it's all about, you know, I love those books. Yeah. Yeah, It matters really like. (laughs) Right but they tell this good story in there. Um, 
that like I tell the people all the time is that there's a farmer and he had a son and his son was like the farm hand did all the work and he got hurt one day, like broke his leg or something. And he was unable to like work and the farmer was super stressed. And like, it was a huge burden on their family. And a couple months later, the militia comes into town and is draft drafting young men to be in the war. And his son was exempt because he was hurt. So it's kind of like these shitty things happen to you, but like sometimes they're precursors for to block out other shitty things that happen or good things to happen. Wow. Yeah, that is a good, uh, that's a good analogy or a good book. I I kind of like that book. I always love local Salvation Army. Check it out. Yeah. I actually got some Sperry's from the Salvation Army once. I think that was my only purchase from the Salvation Army. Actually, I've, I've got a few shirts from there. Yeah, I'm a big thrifter, honestly. That's good. That's Just because cool. I'm a little Jewish, so you need to get that deal. Nice. It's just in the blood. Mm-hmm. I'm actually a little Jewish, too. I don't know if you know that. Um, You're Jewish. I'm Jewish. Yeah. <laughs> Ish. Ishing Jew. That's a little cool. bit of like a or who's Jewish? Who's <clears> the Jew? So it's my dad, actually. And then my dad's mom lived in Israel for like, she has like an Israeli passport and stuff. Wow. And so, um, and my, my grandma would like, like at 15, she, she like laminated a letter that she wrote. So I had like some little Jew ish stuff in in my, uh, like upbringing as a child, but then it really kind of dawned on me when I uh, did this drug in 2016 called LSD. Mm, never heard of it. Yeah, it's, it's actually a new thing. Uh, kind of on the block, just been spinning around a lot. I guess okay. it's kind of hot. Um, and in it, well, actually, I, I just had like a really good time. And then, the, and then I smoked weed for the first time right after it, like a week later. Not, I didn't, I smoked weed like I've smoked weed before, but like when, when you smoke weed after you do LSD, like it comes back. Yeah. Yeah. It comes back. And so I, uh, was told like by a voice in my head to go to Israel, I'd like saw a map and then it like, uh, said, go to the birthplace, like in a super deep voice. And like, there was like a countdown. It was super intense, really crazy, the crazy visuals. And, um, so I was like applying to go like through birthright and all this different stuff. And I actually like went through two interviews and I was going to get in, but then I told them I was allergic to LSD. And so I, so they didn't let me get in. <laughs> you told them you were allergic to LSD. I mean, I was just like, I was still, you know, really spinning mentally. Wow. Cause I was like Baker acted like twice and I had like all this crazy stuff. Oh, going wow. on. I did not know that. Yeah. It's huge. Uh, a lot of things, a lot of things that happened to me before I met you. And then, um, so, but I just recently went, uh, to Israel, to Israel. Wow. Like before my, for my 26th birthday. So like last oh, month, how was it? 10 days, it was crazy. It was awesome. I, uh, I did more drugs when I was there. Really? Yeah, 
that was the first time I did a was well, yeah, it was like the first time I did a psychedelic uh, since 2016. And how did it go? Did it bring you back to that that space? Well, so my friend actually gave me uh, like these uh, psilocybin chocolates, like little mm-hmm. chocolate squares. And um, I took them out. I put them in a crunch bar, like a crunch bar wrapper. And I ate all the crunch bars and then I put them in there and then glued it up and taped it. And then I flew all the way over to Israel and uh, it worked. And then I took about seven of them when I was supposed to quarantine for like, uh, for like until the PCR test returns, which is like four hours or something. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, you know, seeing, I like went to a park. I decided to go to a park and I did all this, uh, you know, crazy stuff. I took my shoes off and just kind of grounded myself. I went to the beach. There's a Tel Aviv beach over there. Have you been to Israel yet? I have not. And I actually applied to go on birthright, but it was like right when COVID like happened and they were like, no, and I was going to go on the summer trip and I have all that stuff. And honestly, I feel like a shitty person because I should, I definitely need to go, but you know. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, there's just a ton of stories you can do. I took a, I did a seven day itinerary. I was there for like nine days mm-hmm. and, you know, I just, I just kind of had fun, made, made friends with the local. I went by myself too, which was pretty wow. crazy. Yeah. So was it you a birthright tra- like, like program or was it, you just went? No, I just went out. Like all my itinerary people that I was with were just like, like Randos. random, either old people or like with their mom and dad, like uh, Colombians and Brazilians or just like, you know, yeah. Nobody was Jewish on these things. Besides. Yeah. I've honestly, I've seen people like partying in, you know, Tel Aviv and it's like people standing on the table with like ARs, like, you know, everyone's strapped there, which is like smart because nobody's going to try anything. Like if yeah. everybody, if everybody knows you have a gun, like, you know, yeah, everybody who's lives there is ex-military and they mm-hmm. have, uh, you know, they either have experience or they've, they like loved it too. Almost everybody there was like, oh yeah, I stayed longer than the required amount. Yeah. You have what? You have to be in the military for two years or something like that. Yeah. For girls, it's two years. For guys, it's five years. The girls I was talking to were there for like five and a half years. The guys were like there for like seven. They they were like super excited to go to. I think that's great because it like promotes a sense of like nation, like nationality, like being proud for your nation. Like, you know what I mean? Like we do not have that United States right now. Like we don't, I feel like, you know, in the eighties and like when the United States was like popping off, like it was maybe sort of like that, but there are just way too many damn people from all over the place to even get that sense of collectiveness. And yeah, there's way too much drama, very little pride here. And it's, it's, I think it's pretty correlated with, um, you know, how long you want to stay on like, you know, in blue light in your room, just like not exploring the world. I think one of the, another huge like step to being an adult is like traveling alone, doing at least like, you know, going like seeing how, how well you can survive just like, reading train stations and like figuring Mm -hmm. out how to like catch a flight by yourself and like go filling out all the paperwork and everything. I never traveled alone until I got this job and I was having to fly up to Boston. And I mean, like, yeah, it's pretty, you know, straightforward. It's not like I was going to Europe or anything like that, but 
like that shit is scary like at first you know what i mean like oh yeah it, you could you easily know, miss yeah and like once you're there it's like you know you're alone like you know you go to dinner by yourself like i mean you sometimes hang out with coworkers, but that shit gets exhausting it's just like <laughs> i've been corporate all day like i just want to say fuck or like you know be inappropriate but <laughs> yeah i actually have like a sh short story the last time i traveled to boston i checked into my hotel at like 11 o'clock like long day of traveling and um I got to my hotel room. I'm staying in the city, this like small ass hotel room. And of course they have every piece of fucking furniture in there. They have a dresser, a desk, two chairs, a king bed. And this place is so small. Like it was ridiculous. <laughs> so anyways, I put my bag down. I'm exhausted getting stuff out of my bag and I stand up and I hit my head like really fucking hard, like on oh. this mount that's around the TV, this like metal box thing. Why it's around the TV, I have no idea and i like fell back on the bed and i was like oh my god that hurt so bad and i was sitting there like just wincing put my hand on the back of my head and my whole head's wet oh, like no. so wet i pull my hand to the front and it's covered in blood and i oh, look my behind god. blood all over the white sheets the white pillows everything dripping down my face so of course i start freaking the fuck out and i didn't really know what to do like I wasn't trying to go to the hospital, like, right, if I didn't need to, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was like but, 11 o'clock at night. Oh so my I God. hit the emergency button on the hotel phone and it redirected me to 911. And I was like, fuck, I was like, I'm not getting an ambulance. I don't know if I need to go to the hospital, but I don't know if I need stitches, whatever. And two people from the hotel barge in my room, like literally, and they're like freaking out. They're not paramedics oh, they... or anything. So they are just seeing a bunch of blood in their hotel room, freaking out. Yeah. And anyways paramedics come they wrap me up and they're like yeah you gotta stay up all night like you know you can't go to sleep or you have to go to the hospital and i'm like Fuck. so i have to hotel people calling my phone every hour to make sure i'm awake until like oh, 5 a.m and i work the next day but they posted me up and like they upgraded my room i was like staying on like the 20th floor of this like marriott <laughs> courtyard like bougie, <laughs> like you know got fiji waters in the room like oh nice yeah wow. but also living slash traveling alone is scary because you can get hurt. And that is like the most vulnerable feeling ever. It's like when you're alone in a hotel room and you're like, you don't know what to do. Oh my yeah. God. Cause it's not like, I'm not a clumsy person by nature, honestly. Like, yeah, I have my moments, but I mean, That's that was like crazy. terrifying. Was it like, uh, so it was just like on the top of the head. Yeah. It was in like the back of my head, like the crown of my head. And it was just, I didn't realize like, how much your head bleeds like if you cut your head the same distance and depth as your leg your head's going to bleed a lot harder you know there's more you know veins action and, yeah yeah i guess it's just more activity more blood flow to your head yeah. to your brain but yeah that, that is like, like how many stitches did you end up getting was none it like actually none oh okay it was yeah, just like so I was blessed yeah it the cut itself wasn't like super big it was maybe like as long as my thumb i have a pretty short thumb but <laughs> it wasn't like you know some huge gash because i was i started crying because i started thinking about them having to shave my head and then me going into like my corporate office with like literally the like a half head. shaved head and i was like no we're not doing that oh man but yeah it definitely teaches you uh, how to be productive. And like, even like in that situation, like you learn, like, you know, I'm self-sufficient, like I can figure it out. Yeah. You still survived. That's, I mean, that's a crazy story. I haven't had anything like that. I haven't had metal, uh, 
frame metal tv frames attacking my head but you know yeah i watch out vicious yeah i gotta keep my head on a swivel for that one do you um when you like when you have a situation like that do you ever think back to the book that you read where like with the farmer and his son getting hurt Oh yeah. I think about that every day. And even not even like getting hurt, like just something inconvenient happening. You know what I mean? And something fucked up happening. Like, you're just like, why is this happening to me? Like, I did not ask for this. And it's just like, uh, it's setting me up, you know? Yeah. Oh, it's all gaslighting me for the, for the future. Yes. That's literally (laughs) my saying. I live by that. Any bad thing that happens, is just testing you. It's like, you know, are you really going to let this break you or, you know, kill your vibe oh you can't let it happen never so we've done almost an hour now i don't want to take too much of your time if you have other stuff to do but you know just wanted to let you know that um we can also obviously talk about we need to talk about the pimp or symptom pimp yeah okay the whole idea of my you know why i'm going with this symptom pimp uh you know saying logo slogan whatever you want to call it is like this idea i want my followers and i just want you know people to kind of see like the progression of making yourself become a higher like a better person or like Mm -hmm. a better valued person to yourself and society and you know only the real thing is that only you can do that it's like up to you about how like successful or how, you know, beautiful, how, you know, ripped or, you know, just smart you want to be and how much effort you want to put into that like idea. And the best way to do that is going through these challenges, like living alone, like traveling alone, like surviving, you know, crazy things. And, Mm -hmm you know, reading books like that'll get you so far, but like the actions, like, you know, feats, accomplishments that you kind of do, that's Mm kind of like what makes you a pimp. Like, you know, a pimp is not about, you know, fucking bitches and getting money. You know, it's not all about that. It's about being self-sufficient, like, you know, and not freaking out. And that's something I'm trying to work on, like not freaking out if something happens, like, you know, yeah. A pimp, when he like, when he, when a pimp, any kind of pimp walks into a room, it's very stoic, very, you know, if you just think about it, like you're very stable person that confident confident, and you can like command a room and you can also, you know, tell like command people and tell bitches what the hell's going on. Mm -hmm. And bitches can be like, you know, males too there's a lot of i don't know if you've been listening to the rap game recently but there's a lot of like you know dudes acting like bitches right now and it's mostly very very rarely referring to women yeah i mean yeah men are definitely bitches that's one thing i've learned is like you know be on, be honest i'm not, i'm but I'm not the type of person to like, you know, sit there and act stupid or whatever. Like if I don't like you, like there's been several times I've kicked people out of my house or my present because I'm just like, yeah, no, like Damn. you're a bitch, like you're disrespectful. 
And I feel like that's something um, we've lost touch with. Like, I'm not going to waste someone's time. Like people pleasing is just not worth it for me. Like you're just being evil in the end of the day. Right. It's the, uh, it's the mindset. It's what it comes down to is like this simp mindset is like, Oh, I'm just going to be a leech. I'm going to just like, you know, do everything I can just to, uh, have attention or some sort of, you know, mm-hmm. small, little insignificant uh, one up on like small little on like everyone else. Just what whether whether while a pimp is like this guy who is or a girl who is just like you know owning owning their shit mm-hmm. and you know and it's all them. It's all like controlled. It's all independent. It's run literally it's like running a mafia or running like anything else, any major big society, like cult thing is kind of like a pimp. Yeah. It's like waking a pimp. You wake up every single day with intention. Like, you know what I mean? You know what you're going to do and you do it. Like so many people just live their life in autopilot and like just do things to show other people that they're doing things and like not actually enjoying it. Like, you know, a pimp wakes up at 5am to go to the gym and like, doesn't need to post about it. Just does it like, doesn't care, you know, that people know they work out or whatever. They just do it. Like, and you know, a simp would be, you know, someone that just like goes to the gym for like 10 minutes, takes a picture and leaves like, you know, just to show other people. But I feel like, when you wake up with intention and like, you know what you're going to do with your day or like, you know, the attitude you're going to have, like you just live so much of a more productive lifestyle and life is distracting. It's like constantly, you know, there's ads and people and things to do and, you know, pleasures. It's like, you get so distracted, you get off track and then you wake up and you're like 70 and you're like, what the fuck did I do with my life? Like 100% the uh, a purpose having a purpose is like one of the biggest uh like benefactors like to to make for your life if you have you wake up and you're like okay i have goals and like these things need to get done at this like before i, I turn this old um or else they're never going to get done yeah. that is like so key that is such like a great motivator just for your life Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, you can indulge in pleasures and indulge in like, you know, whatever you want, but you need to uh, have those goals as the priority first, where, where your priorities lie mm-hmm. is completely flipped from a simp to a pimp. Yeah. yeah. And there's a fine line between like, you know, being motivated and determined and on track and then letting yourself, like you said, indulge every once in a while, because I've been in those phases where like, I was, you know, training like four times a day, like you know, super clean diet. And it's like, you create so, so much tension with yourself. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, too much pressure like letting myself go out and like drink or like do stuff with my friends. Cause I was like, no, I gotta be on my, you know, my schedule, whatever, but that isn't healthy either. You know, it's all about finding a balance that works for you because you can get extremely like self-degrading, you know, just learn to hate yourself. Right. You get caught up or you get obsessed with uh, being like perfect all the time you try to be perfect all the time and you're not gonna you're not you're still not projecting like good energy to other people you're not you're not really helping out all these people yeah. that are, you no know. one wants to hang out with someone that's super hard on themselves because they're just gonna think that they are judging you you know what i mean yeah or exactly not like it's just yeah it's too it's, high intense yeah it's uh toxic 
it's like oh my god like i don't they eventually if they're like a smart person they're gonna realize like oh i don't really need this person's approval that much because this person's fucking crazy or whatever it is yeah i mean you could truly never know how someone feels about you ever you know what i mean people are extremely deceitful and that's like something i've learned as i've gotten older it's like people like I like, I love, I would love to think I live in a world where like people like mean what they say and you know what I mean? Like are actually genuine, but it's not. So you kind of have to learn, like, I got to be okay with me because, you know, people are so fluid, like, you know, you never know your family, you know, has got your back, but at some point you kind of have to realize like, okay, my parents aren't always going to be here. Like I've got to like live my own life. Like you die on your deathbed alone, but yeah one of the, those are all really good points. One of the, uh, I'm on Twitter right now. And one of the big, uh, tweets that usually gets a lot of action is retiring your parents. Like the goal, the goal of like retiring your parents and just having them rely on you where you are just kind of like, like, Hey, guess what guys? I did it. I did, I did all the hard work. And I, I'm here to save you guys. You guys can enjoy your retirement before they before they even make themselves retire because they're mm-hmm. just some of them I mean my parents in particular what I notice is they just they want to work because they're just so um like they they tried retiring they tried retiring when my dad tried retiring when he was like 45 or something like that and he ended up just going crazy for about 10 years and uh <laughs> Then he finally went back to the workplace and uh, got hired and he got like a really good job. But now he's like finding out that he has to kind of, he still need, cause he works for NASA. He still needs to do about two to three years uh, on like a government contract or like for the government. And he'll be able to enjoy like a, the NASA retirement. I don't even know what it is, yeah. but like the 401k thing. I mean, that whole thing is like, I mean, he probably retired and just didn't feel fulfilled yet. You know what I mean? And that was causing a lot of tension with himself. And I don't know if this is like propaganda spread by the corporate world, but people who work longer live longer. You know what I mean? When you're not stimulating your mind and like working towards things, getting in that state of flow, like you. Especially if you can't make it yourself. If you can't like make Mm -hmm. yourself get into that mind state and always want to like pursue working your mind. Mm-hmm. yes you're gonna be and some people just like do not give a shit about like advancing or doing anything which is like it's fine again no judging but it's just some like how the fuck do you live your life like yeah little aimless i mean I've, i'm not gonna lie i've been there where well, i just yeah, wanted... me too. yeah but like eventually you kind of grow up and you kind of say like oh wait if i want to enjoy like 18 hours of my day, then I need to put in like, you know, four hours of really, really concentrated effort and work mm-hmm. that's going to, you know, get me financially free or whatever the goal is. Yeah. And when you see the results, you just want it more. Yes. That's the greatest thing about this human experience and this, you know, addictions and stuff like that is that like, oh, I'm seeing progress, like, especially working out, you can relate almost everything to working out. Mm -hmm. When you see those results and you see like, oh, I can get this looking really good. I can get this like getting pretty, pretty nice. Uh, You don't want to (laughs) stop. No, no. There's no reason to. Yeah. And there's like, 
there's like nothing really holding you back either when you see that yeah there's really not just you but some people are like very scared to even like take that step you know what I mean and just even see progress but people don't realize like once you do see you're improving like it you know, is more motivation than you could ever need. It just reminds me of like, I don't know if you ever played Sims 3, but like, you know, if you like cook a lot, like your level goes up and like you go to the next level, like that's kind of how I feel about my life. Like I'm trying to get good at cooking, even though I'm like kind of shit, but. Well, you know, you just got to keep practicing, keep going. Yeah. yeah living alone makes me um, want to just improve my skills. That's awesome. Yeah. That's good. I, uh, I totally relate with that. I mean, so Skyrim's the same way. If you like pickpocket all the time, mm-hmm. you get really good at pickpocketing. You get like level nine, 99 pickpocketing. You just kind of like make people say stupid shit in front of their face yeah. and things. You just steal everything. That was like a, that was my little level up thing. But I also got really good. My favorite game was FIFA. I played FIFA all the time. Yeah. And you could create a character on there. And I would always go for the accomplishments of like scoring long shots and like power shots, like from way out. And that was like, that was so rewarding just seeing it even on the TV. And then of course I did kind of something cool in high school, but you know, then I, then I started drinking a lot. So I didn't, I didn't get to keep playing. Yeah. I'll do it to you. That'll do it to you. Too bad. Maybe I'll try to come back when I'm like 28 for the national team or something, I'll just walk on. Yeah. Easy. Super easy. easy. Yeah. That'll be one of the easier ones. Things that I do before I turn 30. (laughs) So what are your plans today? Um, I am going to hot yoga at 1230 and then I'm going to go on a walk and then I'm going to come back here and sweep my apartment because I dragged a bunch of sand in here and then um maybe go to the grocery store if i'm feeling a little crazy oh wow but yeah i literally lived the most boring life as a 22 year old like i but i love it yeah that's exciting that's actually not that boring if you uh you could probably meet some you have some adventures doing that yeah hell yeah Every day is a freaking adventure with myself, <laughs> but yeah, it's nice. I, I feel like there's a lot of pressure though for like our age. They're like, oh, like going out and stuff. But like, I don't want this to be my peak. Like, I don't want my early twenties to be my peak. Like my peak's going to be like 30, like that movie 13 going on 30 when I was younger and I used to watch it. I'd be like, oh my God, I want to be 30 so bad. <laughs> yeah. People are so scared to get older, but I think it's like cool. You know, there's a new theme of you to every single age. Yeah, it's crazy what life will do to you, and you kind of just just uh, keep rolling the punches. For me, I think I was about seven years old when I started saying, "I really want to curse. I want to be 18 and start cursing as soon as I fucking can." Yeah, because legally you have to be 18 to curse. I mean, that's the way I grew up. Yeah. <laughs> In the eyes of the law. In the eyes of the law and everything around me. I didn't want to get in jail, so I had to uh, wait to start cursing. On your 18th birthday, you're like, fuck! Fuck yeah, fuck yeah, fuck yeah! That was me. That was a lot of fun. 
What kind of uh, movie? What's your favorite movie? 1300. Oh, I hate when people ask what um what my favorite movie is. I really like um I care a lot. This movie that's on Netflix. It's like a psychological thriller. I always like it when there's like an insane female role. Um, I love '90s like thriller movies with my. You know what you probably love? I can't even remember the name of the movie. Or it's a show actually, but uh, it's on Hulu. Oh my fucking god! Let me find out what it is. Is it called um, Candy? I don't think so. I'm going to pull it up right. Mm, Killing Eve. It's called Killing Eve. Ooh, I need to watch it. It's like, uh, it's like a girl assassin is just like a super badass chick. And then the, um, you'll, you'll find out. I think you'll really like it. Yeah. I love those roles. Like not because they're like killing people and crazy, but I mean, that's pretty badass too, but just like refreshing. Seeing yeah. Like- their interactions with just like people. Yeah, just like running over, steamrolling people. Like, it's just, it's great. It's great. Because I feel like several times in my life, I've been called, like, you need to, like, not be so abrasive or, like, straightforward. I'm like, why? Who who tells you that? Oh, just random incels in my life. Damn. Just the random incels. Yeah, you probably shouldn't listen to those people. Yeah, I don't give a shit. They just kind of hate themselves and their life. Like move out of your freaking mom's house and Damn. get a girlfriend. Figure out how to get a girlfriend, you fucking yeah. idiot. I'm pretty yeah. nice, but you know, when those incels come at me with some hate, it's on. They get smacked. So Damn. if you're listening, bring it on, baby. Oh on shit. Soon. You got them? <laughs> Calling all the incels. What's the uh what's the craziest thing you've probably done to a an incel? Um, there was this insult that went to my high school. I will not say his name, but he used to like freaking like troll me and my friends, like make edits like up from our Instagram. Like, oh really? Like very weird, like prank call on house phones. Like, like really? take screenshots of our photos and like take videos of us at school without knowing. Like, really? Just, yeah, but I mean, me and my friends would fuck with him, so like we would like pull up to his house like and just like honk like outside of his door and like scream like and his parents were like he lived at his parents house was in high school like yeah yeah we were just fucks but you were just fucking with him damn yeah you ever just like go up to him one day in his face or what happened i wasn't that popular so it was just kind of like me and my girlfriends just being fuckheads but yeah we, we would barely talk in person of course because he's an incel yeah like I would literally follow him around, and be like, talk to me in person, and he would just like, run away. Like, oh my god, me. really? Yeah, <laughs> he would run away. <laughs> That's terrible. That's that is uh, that's pretty bad. I'm trying to think. Were you ever an incel at any point of your life? Um, what do you what do you call an incel? I was definitely. I don't think I really fucked with anybody. Just because I kind of, I mean, I had sports in high school. That's kind of what I was doing. I was wrestling and playing soccer. So that kept me pretty busy. And then, I feel like uh, there's incel qualities and then like you are an actual incel person. So like, I feel like everybody has some incel qualities occasionally. For sure. Yeah. I mean, mine definitely pop up. 
uh, you know, when I get nervous or something, I don't know, but. Mine is just like staying in my house alone for like prolonged periods of time. Like I will literally be at my house for like 72 hours straight and like not leave. And you like it and you like enjoy it too, right? Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Um, I mean, it's not like I do that often. Like I'll leave briefly and like have some social interactions, like, you know, taking a workout class or going to the gym, like very like in passing things, but yeah, I like it, but living alone, like, again, like you have to put an extra effort to like be social and you like, cause you're not constantly around people. Yeah. It's interesting. It is really interesting. You know what they call, uh, girls that are involuntary celibates? No. What is it? They call them fem cells because they're it's more of the uh female um like they're the the hierarchy or the the classification i guess what is that called when you're just like when there's a certain like type of stigma or type of people that they are are stereotype stereotype, that's the fucking word thank you so much (laughs) um the stereotype is like you know a feminist who has a lot of cats, who doesn't work out, who, wine. yeah, who has a lot of wine and just like kind of just is on online all the time, just trolling. Hating uh, men. Yeah. yeah hating hating men. I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong. I mean, I don't own any cats personally. My mom has a couple of cats, so maybe I could classify that as mine, but you I have do some like that where I'm just like, not as much anymore because I'm like feel like I've grown up a little bit and like I'm not gonna like I don't trip over guy problems anymore like you you'd have to put a gun to my head to make me like freak out about like a guy situation like just not worth my time anymore like if you're gonna start drama with me I'm very trigger happy with the block button like you're done yeah oh I've experienced that I guess yeah I've almost blocked you before so I think you have blocked me on uh snapchat you definitely have currently i have no idea if you still do but like yeah well that's awkward it's super awkward but i think it'd be (laughs) funny for the podcast (laughs) yeah you might want to cut this part out but (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean at this point like you've pretty much seen it all yeah i think you're pretty cool this is like the most random situation though but i'm happy i've always wanted to be on podcasts yeah, it's I okay. I listen to Joe Rogan, so you know I know what the fuck is up. Oh, true. Yeah, this is a this is a vet right here. She knows her podcasts. Yeah, you know. Come at her. But super cool. So if my parents are listening, hey mom, hey dad, I'm famous now. <laughs> wow, I'm glad I could glad I could bless you with that. Yeah, you did. Anyways. Um I got to kind of start getting ready for uh, my plans today, but you are a really great guest. I'd love to have you back on. Thank you. Thank uh, you. you so much fun. Whatever time. If you have any final messages you want to say to everybody. Mm, um, just be nice. Live your life. Be happy. Choose to be happy. That's it. All right. Choose to be happy. Thank you so much, Emma, for coming on the podcast. And uh, we'll see you again. All right. Goodbye.